All right, my people, welcome back to the Well for Goodness Sake podcast. This is Joe. This is part two of interview with Ginny Kime on her book titled The ABCs of a Teacher Mom Imperfect Blog Style Entries written from an educator soul for every letter of the alphabet. This has got to relate to some of you, whether you're a public school teacher or not, whether you're a parent or not, because all of us have relationships. And I definitely recommend that you check out her book, which I will be including links to in the show notes. So stay connected and check out those show notes at the end. But Welcome back. This is part two, where we'll be returning to some of those topics as well as answering that question from last week on making that shift to full-time mom out of the public school system and what that looks like. How did she find peace in that decision? Welcome back to part two of our interview with Ginny Kime. transitioning from public school to being home. So the answer, because I told you my mind went in many different directions. And so when you repeated it, one of the answers popped back into my head. So I mean, that wasn't like a a drastic decision. That is something that I kind of that started kind of happening within me when my daughter was growing inside of me, everything just slowly, all my thoughts, everything just started shifting for me. Things that maybe would bother me before being pregnant didn't bother me as much because I was like, this kind of stuff just doesn't matter. I've got a baby growing inside of me. That's purpose right there. And so uh, you probably know when you're pregnant, um, even when after you have kids, you know, opinions, that was something at the beginning of motherhood too, that was like super, I did not have the tools to know how to handle that because people's opinions will come flying at you in every direction. And they start, (laughs) yes, they start when you're pregnant and then they continue on after that baby comes out. And that is challenging. That is a very challenging thing that was challenging for me. And so all this stuff that I've done has helped me with all of those things. I remember the question, like, is it just the one, you know, we only have oh, one like, child? like yes. asking when and you're going like, to have a second child or yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then, are you finished <laughs> now? Are you going to have any more kids? Like yeah. questions never stop. I think people are genuinely curious, but sometimes it's not always the most appropriate way to ask a question. Yeah. It feels, <laughs> it feels like a little intrusive or something like that. But yeah. I, so I think my mind kind of started shifting in that moment. Of course, um, as I wrote in my book, my husband's mind, no shifting there, <laughs> you know? Um, so, cause he wasn't growing any baby inside him. So, um, but so no, no shifting there. And then after the baby came, um, it just became more and more of like, I really, I don't know if pining is the right word, but I like really want to be home. And that financially, that was not possible for us. And as I put in my book, my husband was like, no, no, no. And we would even sit down with spreadsheets and stuff and still nothing would add up. No, 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 no. (laughs) And so it took three years of me continuing on working full time. Um, And we, I feel proud of us in our relationship uh, that we did that, that we came Mm -hmm. together and we figured it out. It took three years, but, and even with him saying no, of course I wanted to be comfortable myself. So I, so, you know, but. Like when did it become all about the money and the finances for everybody? I think a lot of people struggle with finances and I I had that question when I hit that part of your book that you're talking about where the finances were tight and you were trying to figure things out and I was like when did it become like this the whole everybody you know the whole
two-person income, what we just talked about, trying to be a stay-at-home mom because the children really are, I mean, they're the next generation. They're important. There's no replacing what we do. And I think not to be, you know, there's a lot of feminism out in the world and I'm I'm good with like equal pay. I don't want to get too political. Like if you're doing a job, you should get paid for it. But I do think that there are certain ways that God calls us, not necessarily gender-based, but God does call us individually. And I know what you've talked about a lot with your calling and being a mom and there it's a huge thing and it doesn't go unnoticed by God. Like we'd get lost in the mom fog. all these yeah. things, but we don't get lost. It doesn't get lost on God. Like he sees all of it and it's important. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is important. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, there were, there were different, and I guess my life has just been like calling you here, calling you here, yeah. bring, bring, you know, you get another phone call and you're like, okay, you know, so that's just the way my life has gone. But I think I put in my book too, that there was a moment that something I heard on the radio or some thought that came through my head that it was like, I didn't just make you a mother of one. I made you a mother of any, mm-hmm. you know, which literally did make me cry that morning driving to work because it was hard. I went through some really hard times. I remember uh, motherhood is a struggle at times. I remember I, I woke up. I don't think I put this in my book, but I woke up one morning, got myself fully dressed, which this has happened several times with my kids. Like, the, like you know, you're fully dressed and then they're like, oh, mom, I threw up. And you're like, oh, oh wow, this gosh. is reverse. Like, man, I went through all, I could have stayed in my PJs. But, um, and there was a morning, so this was my third, about my second or third year of, of teaching and my daughter was young and she she woke up and had something weird going on. It ended up being hand, foot, and mouth disease or whatever. But I could tell that, I, I mean, I was a new mom. I didn't quite know it at yeah, the time, but I'm like, something's tough. not right. And I'm like such a committed person that I'm like, I got to, I still got to go to work, you know? And so I'm loading my child up into the car. At that time, my mother-in-law was keeping her, you know? And so to get her over to the house and I, I call my mom and I'm just bawling, like I'm just crying, you know, because there's just all this guilt. I'm like, I have to go here, but I, my daughter is something wrong with her and my mom was like you know grace it's it's okay you know like just call it quits for today you know so i turned the car back around and then i i stayed in mom mode for that day so um anyway life is an interesting journey i love them and where those moments are being torn and then you've got those moments that you mentioned which i also relate to so many things that you talk about but yeah got everything mastered until it came to your child and then the one thing that you were really good at teaching and then your own your own kids like act up in front of other people and like So we love them and we, we don't want to be away from them. And we've got this responsibility because they are the number one thing and the most important thing in a mom's life. And it takes up all of our time. It consumes us. But then it never fails that it's the one thing that like also embarrasses us as a parent. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. part of that is that we have to learn how to be consistent, I think, in our parenting method so that we're not changing what we do because we're embarrassed in front of other people. Because so I think that's uh-huh. where parents can often end up, you know, being abusive or being super angry. Like the, the dad that was growling at his son that, that first Sunday that we visited. outside. He didn't care that anybody was walking by. It was like daring that child to like look away from him. I was like, this is not a good experience. <laughs> Walking into this, but we're all human and it's yeah. challenging sometimes to be a parent when you're in front of other people because you don't want to change what you're doing at home just because they're behaving differently. And that criticism can sometimes be the worst when people are watching. Yeah. Ultimately, the child is the most important thing and what we're teaching them as a parent and how we respond, you know, to that situation that's throwing us off. <laughs> like what you yeah. Like your kids who typically cooperate and are, I think you said shy, show themselves. <laughs> 
front of a whole yeah. bunch of people. So it's dealing with, you know, those kinds of things. But I feel like we've gone through so so many similar things. And I think a lot of listeners will relate to the financial tightness or struggle, whatever that may look like. I mean, we've been severely in debt. And then a lot of other people are going to connect to you the same way I did by the OCD, the, the organization of your book, the desire to cling more tightly to God and having this rabbit trail thing where we talk about a thousand things. And did you ever answer the very first question we were talking about in the beginning? About connection? About what did it look like when you finally connected when the kids were still small? Were they still small when you actually got involved back at that season when you were in church? Because I know we both start talking and then what yeah, did you actually like start starting you... in a program or something? I know that's what I had to end up doing with my oldest because she wanted to be in a Awana club and we didn't know anybody. So my husband had to yeah. drop out of choir and that's what made it work for us. He dropped out of choir to watch the baby. So what did it look like? Did you get involved somewhere when they were small or was it after they'd grown up a little bit that you were able to get more involved back in that season at church? I'm trying to remember how old my daughter was when I started working with the children's ministry because I think I started working with just her there too and then my son would stay with my husband because he just wasn't to the level because that at that point we were doing like tiny little bible lessons and okay. stuff like that and that was just a, a little Wednesday night program they come they play on the playground for a little bit we go in That's we fun. learn a little bit about the bible and do a little craft and have a little snack or something like that that season um, it worked yes yes and I think what I think she was the reason why I, I think it was more so me realizing that she had reached an age too where she needed to start getting her own knowledge about the bible and stuff like that like I wanted to start planting the seeds in her as well and um, at the time we at our church didn't even have a children's minister or anything like that that's kind of why I decided and that's when I got the call from the pastor and stuff yeah, like that and yeah, I decided okay. this is so this is the direction I go yeah and and my time you know I was still staying home and stuff like that so my time was freed up at that time our time gets pulled and torn in different directions sometimes and so you have to like like right now I'm, I'm trying to read like I said earlier in the podcast I'm trying to reassess and figure out what I need to um you know some things I've removed and what I need to plug back in and different things like that yeah it's like a continued work I know we talked about forgiveness already but when I came across the comment that you made about if you want to learn about forgiveness just get married you know yeah <laughs> and of course that doesn't just mean what it sounds like but in a sense yeah. it also does mean what it sounds like and you talked at one point about how you love it when you're on the same page and talking about marriage and relationship and then this whole thing about church and how, how do you fit in with your kids and just trying to figure out all the things of life while we're here right and you talk about how let's, when you say let's get a calzone and a greek salad and if you're both like yep yep but when I read that I was like sometimes with my husband and I wanted to ask you like does this ever happen where one of you is like trying to be really healthy and good and so your brain is in a completely different space and then the other one suggests that and you're they kind of like give you this judgmental look like how dare you suggest such an evil food tonight you know? <laughs> let's be good and you're like I've disconnected from you right now <laughs> Yes. So that happens I too. I like... totally relate to that. It's great so when you lately... can actually be on the same page, but it's real terrible when one of you wants pizza and the other one is trying to be good and they're like, how dare you? It's yeah. Like, right, you and, and... on the couch. No. Yeah. I mean, and I can speak to that because I, I feel like, of course, that ebbs and flows too, you know, yeah. but I feel like for throughout our marriage, we've we've been pretty, you know, for the, not on the details all the time, but on the overall, like we've been eye to eye. That's yeah. kind of the yeah. thing I've been using with my husband lately. It's like, we're not really eye to eye right now or like, you know, and then something else will happen. I'm like, eye to eye, eye to eye, you know, like, and you get excited when you're like, <laughs> yes, both, you know, <laughs> so that, that's been, I always have these like random phrases all 
all the time. So that that's been right now. It's in in marriage is eye to eye. That's the phrase I came up with. No, it's funny. So yeah, it fits. That's how life is. There's going to be times when we're connecting 100, percent and then other times not. But I think it's important. Same thing with the children, or same thing with all a lot of our relationships, even the friendships. But especially in marriage, it's good to agree on some of the major, the big topics. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you know, with parenting and all that, we don't have a lot of time to talk about social media. But I want to talk a little bit about social. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. I think it ties into all of your comments about prayer. Because you do have a fo- you have so many different focal points in the book because it's the ABCs. So there's uh-huh. not just one chapter that really stands out. There's so many. Prayer is this huge key, and so that prayer ties into not breaking the laundry dryer because you're so upset and you hate doing laundry. And I also hate doing laundry. So when I was reading your book, I was just like, we love and hate some of the same things. You said your brother was more humorous than you. You know, yeah. but I tend to be humorous. We have an aunt that's kind of humorous. And I don't know if it just kind of uh-huh. comes down to generation. You know who I'm talking about. So yeah. I love the comment where you're just waiting for Amazon to come and do your laundry one day because they're doing the other stuff yes. anyway. <laughs> Yes, that's going to happen. And we will make that happen. So I just, I laughed. I think it's in the lunch and laughter followed by the whole laundry. And I also hate laundry. And there's, there's so many things about like real life humor, the ups and downs, but then you've got this section about prayer and why prayer is so important and this whole crying out to God thing. And I think it's applicable to everything else in your book, whether it's your relationship with your husband, which is obviously like, it seems like it's very good. And, but we've all got these natural human ups and downs with raising children, prayer, everything that you say, like as we come closer to the end of the topics you know when you're talking about read your bible it just prayer and read your bible ties into trying to function through every single thing that you went through in your book mm-hmm. so yes we'll come so speak to- on prayer yeah let's speak on i prayer. can speak on prayer speak on prayer okay so i'm gonna give an example that happened recently we'll end with the social media after okay okay so this is like a yay then, then bible go ahead okay okay so this is a yay example and then of course there's non-examples i kind of talk about my mind which is very scary i wrote a book about my mind like in the book, like judgment and and different things that can just roll through your mind sometimes, right? So recently, um, I was on the road and this scenario happened on the side of the road. And so what does my mind start doing? So first off, I see that there's like cops and people pulled over or something and there's a black truck with with cop cop lights on it. So instantly what my brain goes to, because this is like an undercover truck or whatever. So this is probably not what was happening at all. But instantly my mind goes to like, oh my gosh, is there something really bad going on? Is there a weapon involved? Is this something to do with drugs? Is this, you know, this undercover? Mm -hmm. If it would have just been a typical cop car, my mind wouldn't have spiraled that much. But because I saw this whole undercover thing going on, I was like, my mind started spiraling, you know? But then instantly, so then I see this woman in a van is like a part of this or whatever. And I have to, this is a proud moment. I don't, I'm not always good, but I, my brain instantly went to prayer for her. And I try to do that. And, And so I'm sharing like yay like when my brain did that I was like yay me (laughs) you know because I try to do that or and sometimes it it may come in as negative I'm sorry I'm I'm not a perfect person but I you know sometimes it instantly goes to prayer or sometimes Mm -hmm. I have to shift it yeah you know so I work more like if if it does come in as negative I I have to I I shift right to prayer and I think that's a a positive way to live because you get these intrusive thoughts sometimes you know and again that's going back to my like flaming arrow is another way they put it flaming dart you know so i i have to 
to capture that. I think that's really good because you're essentially saying that you're like interrupting that thing that's in the middle of happening to pray. Mm-hmm. And that will right there, yes. prayer right there will alter, help to change your perception or your perspective of what's going on. For the, yes. So I think that's, re- yes. I mean, that's really good. Yes. I love it. Okay. All right. We need to all pray when it comes to social media. <laughs> yes. You so I- much in your book. You don't just talk about like amazing grace. You don't just talk about like humility and this whole thing about the Hebrew word for humility, which I was going to try to find it, by the way, and I couldn't. But Oh my gosh, I'm so- Go ahead, sorry. I'm going to try I'm to so find glad you it. Brought that up. Maybe I'll share it. In her book, If you, when you go to buy her book, guys, everybody listening, there's this guy, Dave, who shares this Hebrew word for humble. I think it's from version. It's in her book. I don't know how to say it. It's like Anava. Anava. My dad would know how to say it. Find the Hebrew word. Now, you won't be able to read the Hebrew, but we'll find sort of what it sounds like and try to spell how it sounds so that you can pronounce it and like the meaning. I bet I can find it on Blue Letter Bible. So I'm going to do that and try to include that in the show notes. Don't let me forget. We've got three things in the show notes now. Yes. Yeah. Um, You talk about humility, you talk about like perfection, this whole thing about not comparing yourself to other people. Social media is this huge thing. And when you're talking about what space has God given you and what are you doing with that space, that fits into the whole social media thing. Like we have these spaces, we've got our homes, we've got our children, we've got the the dynamic that we create here in our homes. And then we've got these platforms to speak. I was at the point of very similar to you where you were going into influencing and then maybe you decided it was not for you or God showed you there was stuff that was not for you. That's not what you wanted to share with others. That was not how God wanted you to use that space. And it was very similar for me. And I was actually going to delete. I'd gotten to the point where I was so sick of it. Even having a fitness page and being an inspiration to other people was not enough anymore because I didn't care about seeing everything that was on there. And my main reason for stepping away from influencing was not wanting to create this lifestyle that other, especially young girls would see a picture of me and my kids and want to buy what I was wearing and want to buy, you know, and want something that they really couldn't see the whole picture of. Because I feel like that's leading them down an incorrect path. One that's mm-hmm. true because I also have like the total meltdown days, you know, or like I couldn't figure out what to do with them this morning to get on a podcast. And then finally one of them fell asleep. There's moments like that. And what you don't see the whole picture and we end up comparing. And I think it's unhealthy. In my my opinion, social media can be very unhealthy for young girls. So I loved a lot of where you were going with it, with wanting your life to speak truth. And that question that you ask is really essential. I think what space has God given you and what are, you know, what are we doing with the space that God's given us? And that's where it was either shut everything down for me or start speaking Jesus. And so now mm-hmm. I speak Jesus. I've, I felt like mm-hmm. I always spoke Jesus, but now it's going to be on my platforms. And I think at first I was timid. I know we have a tendency to say we're timid because of what other people think. I don't have this I don't care attitude about what people think, but I think for a while I was too afraid of hurting people the way that I really cared about that that itself maybe prevented me from using the platform for that. I was like, well, I don't want to just be in everyone's face and blast everything away, but I'm also not ugly. I have an encouragement block. So when I finally got to that point where I was like, you know what? I have to put up with seeing what everybody else in a godless world is posting and doing. I'm going to use this platform for Jesus or shut it down. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm, you know, that's what I'm doing. And so I connected with really what you were saying. And it was almost like an, that one line in your book is probably what stood out to me the most of all of it was what, what is your space that God's given you? And then what are you doing with that space? And that's probably a really good place to start winding down with today's topic. But I want to let you share because I can see you taking little notes over there. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm trying to stay organized. I was going to end with like, and it ties into your whole thing about fear too. Like when you're talking about what are you afraid of? And you know, you've got your story of fear. I think maybe you were even timid about, unless I'm totally misunderstanding that passage, that area in your book. It's like, I was timid about writing a book even. Oh yeah. 
putting the book out there. Yeah. All the feelings and thoughts very and personal. personal information. Yeah, it's very personal, yeah. but it's relatable. You know, mm-hmm. we are we are afraid of so many things. And so I think your question of like tapping into truth, praying, the last point of reading, you know, getting into the scripture for yourself and reading your Bible is going to be greater and be bigger than those fears. If you really answer the question of what's my space and what am I doing with it? So I'm going to let you speak on that because... <laughs> Okay. Okay. I have, um, all right. So the first thing I want to say, it's, it's funny you brought this up because, um, I thought of your dad a couple of times as I was writing this book. <laughs> cause I'm like, yeah. Cause I'm like, I know he has some really good knowledge and he could probably clarify some things for me. You know, the whole humility Anaba, however you pronounce that and stuff, definitely that was one of the points where I was like, I wonder what he would have to say about this because, and I kind of skeptical wrote that in the book too which is a crazy thing to write something skeptically into a book a published book but because I was like is this like I had moments like I searched it to try to get more information could not really find anything else about that other than the person that spoke on it and I that person spoke on it through the Bible app and so I'm and my brain saying well I would certainly hope that they would not put a video on a Bible app that's not truth but I still have curiosity around that it felt good to me but that, I still have a lot I of curiosity around that. I just found it. Okay. Hold on. I don't know if they're going to be able to hear this. Okay. Strong's H 6038. Anava. 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 Second entry. Anva. Anva. So Anava is how you okay. say it in Hebrew. And so right. humility, gentleness, meekness. We're human. Okay. Human and it's subjective. So it's like a modesty. Divine or objective, gentleness, humility, meekness. Uh-huh. Now this is connected to Proverbs 15. I don't know what the scripture verse was that they were referencing. But this verse is found by this definition five times in the King James Version. Humility, okay. meekness. So I don't know if this is the version of that word. There's a whole bunch of other verses. It's found like three or four times in Proverbs. So this is Blue Letter Bible. If you don't have this app, like I talk about this app all the time, you need to get okay. it because you can, I can show you how to use interlinear concordance. So just okay. jot down BLB. Okay. I use this all the time. You can literally pull up the Greek and Hebrew because you know everything was like written in those. Right. I mean, Aramaic, really. It was written in Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Hebrew comes before the Greek as far as timeline in history. So you can pull up like the original words. And then if you learn how to use that interlinear concordance, you can look up anything. And if you yes. were in your version and you saw that verse in front of you, but at least we know how to pronounce it now. And I'll yeah. Which yeah. literally means to take up yeah. your God-given because He, you know, God-given space in the world is what they're saying. On yes, version. yes. So it's and, meekness. Um, it's hum- it's it's being humble is what it's saying there in the Blue Letter Bible. Which, according to my dad, who's been studying, I would consider him a scholar. He's got his doctorate's degree and he pastored for over fifty yes. years. So I would say that he's at least a theologian. You know, he studies <laughs> the for scripture. Sure. Yes. He said that the real scholars, who he calls them the real scholars too, and theologians say that this is accurate. That's as accurate as you're going to get. <laughs> it comes to studying all of the Greek and the Hebrew. So it's an excellent app to have to access. I use it all the time when I'm Bible studying. Yeah, and so. so the way the way it was explained on on version was, um, I think I, I want to say that I related it to like circles or your space or something, right? Which yeah. I, I I was get that in was your interesting. Space, get in your space, know what your space is in the world. It came off of that whole t- that whole sentence that I loved about the space God's given you and what are you doing with it, right? But I think right. that it's, if the definition in Blue Letter Bible is talking about how it's really attached to meekness and humility, I mean you have to humble yourself before God to accept what He's calling you over what you want to do for yourself. 
yourself. Yes, yes. So yes. I feel like you're, I think it was right. It might be that we don't okay. have it right in front of us, but I feel like what you're saying is matching what they're saying in Blue Letter Bible, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, that's, that's comforting to know then. I like that. <laughs> so, <about laughs> and to and your... my, my assistant, my assistant pastor's wife read this book as well. And she didn't come to me like with like, you need to revise this or anything. So whether she was just being nice or whatever, but so, so that also kind of makes me like, okay, maybe I didn't do too bad of a job. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you didn't do too badly. <laughs> um, going back to some of the some of my notes I was making as you were talking. So because you you wanted me to speak on social media, um, I, I will never say that I am perfect with social media, but right. I do try to keep my brain in the right place while while the app is opened. And if my brain is not in the right place, I shut it down and I even like give myself detention from it sometimes or whatever. Yeah, sometimes it's a long break, sometimes it's a small break, just depending on what's going on and how I need to deal with that. I think I mentioned in there too because we were talking about prayer again whether like we live in like two different worlds now almost so I try to do that same thing in real life when I see things happening right beside me or right within me and I also try to do that same thing on social media too so in all honesty because I'm human sometimes it comes very naturally and easily and I just turn everything to prayer and other times I have to super pause myself and say this needs to go to prayer right now because this is something that's happening inside it's affecting me some kind of way and I need to make sure I turn it to prayer right now. So I can speak more on that later if you want me to, but that that was kind of what I was sharing on social media. Again, I'm not perfect. I feel like a confessional time. Again, I posted a selfie of myself because I was super excited about about this. I tried, I don't think, I, no, I tried cream blush for the first time and I never even knew it was such a thing. It's called like, and it's not anything, I have no endorsement deals or anything like that, but it's but it was just something I was excited about. So if, if I misuse my social media I might have oh, yeah, I'm not judging <laughs> uh, at all I think people do have a tendency to just assume though I had a couple of people that were wishing me well in my business and I'm literally just podcasting about Jesus and posting like I'm not selling anything I'm not affiliated with anyone I'm not sponsored by anyone right now like if it ever if yeah. God wants to monetize it like woohoo you know <laughs> Yeah, go for it myself, though, right? I don't I mean, ever see myself having, you know, tens of thousands of followers or being this like mega person that travels and speaks like a lot of people that I follow. I don't really necessarily see that for myself, but I, you know, I have a voice and I can talk and I can share. Yeah, and it's, I know that it's like we talk- to some people and I've, yeah, I've had people reach out. And so that's encouraging to me. Yeah. And like, like, like we talked about earlier, it's an, it's an outlet. It's like a yes. wonderful outlet too, you know? And what's really fun is when you utilize that out- outlet and then somebody's like, hey, that really, you know, that's yeah. the best part about doing it too when and it when, when it talking, impacts someone else sorry huh? yeah i'm sorry and when you're talking about this whole identity crisis <laughs> and those of us that really want to be involved and we're still at that season of having a child that's breastfeeding and like what am i doing in church it really does help I, I don't remember who was talking but they were talking about speaking the name of jesus and if you're not doing it and i felt kind of judged and then they got to the point where they mentioned all the platforms that you can use to speak the name of jesus and of course they included social media i was like okay good <laughs> It counts. I'm speaking the name of Jesus. So you don't have to be up behind the pulpit. You don't have to be leading a Bible study in your church. You know, there's so many different ways and it's how you're using what you've got, which is what you're saying about being in your space. And you right. mentioned that you yeah. have a bracelet um, that you wear in your arm that says God's got this and he does. And it's probably similar, yeah, to your shirt. God's yeah. got this and he does got yeah. this. I yeah. Yeah. And this. Uh, talking on a little bit more on social media, um, reels are like such an easy thing to like totally get sucked into or yes. whatever. But yeah. 
lately what's been happening, it's a, it's a lot of encouragement. It's a lot of inspiration. It's a lot of Bible verses. It's, you know, and so I'm like, something is really happening right, right now with my algorithm. Like this is the kind of real feed that I want to have. And sometimes it's stupid humor stuff or whatever, you know, it's not like perfectly like that, but it's a lot of times when I sit there, I'm scrolling, I'm like, this is good, 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 good. This is good stuff. This is what I want to be filtering into my mind. And I, you talked about encouragement too. I'm, I'm huge on encouragement because, and I'm probably mentioned it in, in my book as well. Like when I was going through these identity crises and these struggling phrases and things like that, like I, and some people will call it woo woo or like whatever, you know, but like, I am a mother. I need encouragement. I need something good being spoken into me as often as possible. So I was like going through an identity crisis last night with my kids. So it's not like it was this thing of the past. <laughs> it's still reoccurring. I'm like, wait, the house is a wreck. The dishes are on the floor. One child is screaming and the other one is demanding this. And I'm having a crisis right now. I'm texting my husband like, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like you need it to keep going. You know, like when you clean up your kitchen every single night, the same redundant thing yes. over and over again, you know, like I need an audiobook playing. Like I played in the kitchen yeah. sometimes. So I, when I was making those commutes and when I was driving to work and, mm-hmm. and pushing through a season of, of working full time and being a mom, I had audiobooks in my car going all the time. So I think that's okay. And I think if we can be deliverers of that encouragement too, I think that's also great. I think life is hard in general for anybody. And, you know, staying in that mode of, of encouragement is, you know, it's such a necessary thing. Life is hard. On the heels of like all the, what you're using your social media for and what I'm trying to use mine for and the positivity and the encouragement, what is something that you would speak to not just other moms, but also other young people, young girls, or, you know, specifically people that are probably listening to this podcast, a word of encouragement about the whole social media topic or a word of putting on armor before getting on there. What kind of a perspective to have going into social media? It's not something that's going to go away anytime soon. It's expanding. And right yeah. now, my husband and I are trying to find this balance of the whole what's too much technology in our house right now. What's mm-hmm. too much TV. I know someone that doesn't even have a TV in their house and even that can be looked on in a bad way. Even that could be judged in this in today's society. It's like, you freak, like, why don't you, have, you know? And that's wrong too. Like, if they don't have a TV, good for them. And some people are thinking like, that's so sheltered and that's so controlling, but they're not dealing with like, are they having too much screen time? So there's pros and cons. There's a balance. It could make their life way easier. Yeah, and it's not going yeah. anytime soon. So what would you say to other moms, other women, other young people, some young girls maybe, or anyone that's listening, like going into social media, what's a word of encouragement or caution? What would you say to them if you could say one thing, if you can bring your all of your thoughts together? <laughs> I, I think, again, I think it's like the Mother Teresa big long quote that I shared. I think it's between them and God, really, yeah. you know, like they have to stay aligned to to how much they're supposed to use that, what they're supposed to use that for. I mean, that's the truth. I use this verse in my book um, about weaknesses and stuff like that. And, and I started following that. I'm going to share my weaknesses so that the glory of God can shine through and stuff like that. And people will have opinions about that. Like, I don't want to see your weaknesses. I just want to see the good shiny stuff. Right. Some people do want to see your weaknesses. So I think, and that's the whole deal though. Everybody's going to use social media differently. Everybody's going to walk through life differently. It's really not for me to say. It's not for, for anybody to say. It's like what you've got to get with God, got to see what fits with your life and what works and do it, do it your way. What makes sense. So and don't do it at all. If that makes sense. I have, I have friends that, that just don't do social media and I'm like, good for you. Good for you know, you. <laughs> like that's how they, you know, so, um, so that, yeah. Do so. you have, that's really good. It's making me think 
think of another question, but it's probably my last question for you because it's like on page 285. It's at the very end. Mm -hmm. And so I want to give you a chance if there's something else that you would like to speak on or share before I ask my final question, because it kind of comes off of what you just said. Okay. I do have one, uh, one more thing, because this is the verse that, um, that throughout this week, I was like, I think if it works in, I, I will share this verse. So, and I want to do it because you started talking about fears Yes. and, um, there's, there's so much I could share on that, but actually my, my brother's church, um, like I said, I, I will watch two, like in one week, I'll watch two sermons at least. And their, their church has been doing a topic on risk, which has been very interesting. Mm -hmm. And prior to me even watching these sermons, um, the verse that has been speaking to me, which I think is very interesting, is since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Second Corinthians chapter three, mm -hmm. verse 12. So this actually, if you read, I would recommend to someone to read Second Corinthians chapter three, that whole chapter, because it's going to connect to Moses, it's going to connect to Genesis and the whole veil thing and things like that, because obviously it's talking this new way. And I'm all about the new way. Like I, I have um, I never am I a perfect person, but I, I have had trained transitions in my life, you know, and, and um, I'm all about the new way, of course. And um, so it says gives us such confidence and we can be very bold. So bold to me sometimes, oddly, can sound like a very nasty word, like you're being a nasty person like by being bold. Aggressive, because I think some people yes. use boldness and they're aggressive, but that's kind of misrepresenting yes. what being bold is. So I think that what you're saying is right. one point. Yeah. So what I like to do is I like to study a verse and then I like words. Um, I was in the car with my husband recently he's like what are you doing I'm like I'm looking up words like these are the words on on my brain and so I I will take a verse and then I will study that word to gain further meaning about what that word means so like bold like struck me a little bit like is that actually a nice word so the definition of bold is showing an ability to take risks confident and courageous and so my thought is you know God gives us this new way he gives us this confidence and we can be very bold meaning we can take risks we can can be confident, we can be courageous. And I think God encourages us to take risk. And also as, um, and I actually posted something on my uh, threads about this too. It was that it was something I could go back and look at it, it would probably take too long, but um, it was from the, something the pastor said, because then he relates risk to faith, right? So yeah. we have to, we have to step out in faith. We have to take risks. God encourages us to do that. That's the whole, like, I'm sure everybody, one of my favorite songs, Ocean's Hill song, Stepping Out into the water and, and the sermons that I've seen too like he even take a ball like it's that he has this giant screen and he's got a risk and reward and he's got this like swing like pendulum ball so if you take a big risk you're gonna get a big reward if you take just a tiny risk you're gonna get a tiny reward and a friend complimented me on this recently like saying you know like wow it, like it's it's amazing how you have the courage and and I take risk sometimes you know like they and not I'm not skydiving it's not like physical risk but I, I i guess maybe more so i take like mental risk sometimes or something it felt or, like i, I was just... taking a risk just changing my social media because i had i don't have a lot of followers on the fitness page i had almost three thousand followers at one point but i i more than expected them to just start dropping off like lies the moment i started because it's not that i was posting secular but it was only about fitness there was nothing in there that had to do with my spiritual walk with the lord it was encouraging but it was more along the lines of what we opened with on she believed that 
that she could and so she did. Positive thinking of you can do it, mama, you got this. Always motivating, encouraging, but never pushing my belief on of God on anyone. So I was surprised that I didn't have as many dropping off as I thought. And I was more surprised at maybe, you know, some of the people that kind of hung around, <laughs> so to speak. But yeah. it felt like a risk to do something like that and to put that out there. Like, is that really, I've always had a relationship with God, but I understand what you're saying because for a minute I had to really think to myself, is this really what I want to put out there and turn the whole social media? And I was like, well, I'm going to delete it anyway. So it's either do that and take that risk and have the whole world avoiding you or having people think that you've turned into this total, people use the phrase Jesus freak. I don't really like it, but I've had people call me that before, like even working in a salon and they would, you know, use bad language and be like, oh, sorry, sorry, Joanna, treating you differently because they're aware, but it's like very uncomfortable, obvious, instead of just accepting you for who you are and loving you back the way that you try to love them and have listened to them talk about their beliefs for years and years and years. You know what I mean? So Uh I I feel like it's take any of these things, it's taking a risk, but I also understand what you're saying about really tapping into that power source of who God is in your life and hearing from him for yourself, not other people. Not having that, I don't care about what you think attitude, but essentially not caring what other people in the world have to say about who you are in Christ and just making a stand, taking a stand. I mean, when I first started the pages, it was kind of like taking a stand. So your book is kind of taking a really big thing because you're publishing something that goes beyond just publishing on the social media platforms, like putting it out there. You can go back and delete it. You know, your book, you can't really go back and delete a book when other people have purchased copies. And so that I can understand that felt like a risk and it felt vulnerable probably. And so I'm really proud of you. I think I was not surprised in a way like, oh, I never thought she could do that. That's not what I was surprised. I was surprised when I saw it that I didn't know that maybe it wasn't advertised bigger where I would have seen the year that it was published. Maybe it was so much quiet. And of course you had your reasons for not just being like, Hey, I published a book. Come on, check it out. And maybe I missed it. You know, I followed you for a long time, but I think I, I don't know if it just got quiet on your side for a little minute and I didn't see as much and I forgot. I think I followed you back when you had your podcast. I may have heard an episode or two. So I love that you were bold enough and I'm proud of you. So I applaud you for stepping out and hearing God's voice in your own life and then getting to the point where you were okay to just put something out there and just honor God with your personal life story. I probably would never have known this little piece of your spiritual walk with the Lord if I hadn't gotten this book on Kindle. So uh-huh. if I know more about Jenny Kime, go get this book. <laughs> yeah. Walking through the things of life. <laughs> in closing, because I know we've, we're getting close on, we've been hitting some time here <laughs> and it's been fabulous. It's been so wonderful. Yeah. My final thing I think is, and it connects to all of the things. My favorite thing that you said about what is the space that God has you in right now and what are you doing with it? But also at the very, very end, you talk about looking for goodness. And so this applies to social media too, because I think, and all of life, when we search for certain things, we're going to find, there's this phrase about you're going to find what you're looking for. And so if we're looking on social media to learn about God, or if we're listening to what the news media has to say about God or religions, we're going to get what we're looking for. But if we plug into the right sources, like the Bible, prayer, God speaks to us because that's what the finished work of Christ did. It allows us to have that relationship with God. That I think is putting on the armor. Mm-hmm. That I think is where you find the capability or the capacity to find the good. Sometimes there's a day that's so bad here that I, it's like, where is the good? But then we're alive. We have food and shelter. Right. We have a better sleep We're not in an impoverished country. Yeah. So there's some bad things happening in the world, but there is a way to find some good. And then you say, be the good. And you reference Mark chapter two, verse 22, where it's talking about calling for the new wineskins and kind of like that 
whole putting off the old man, putting on the new. Next chapter, mm-hmm. turn the page, mm-hmm. move into the next adventure. And that's kind of what you've done throughout the whole book. So I love that you kind of ended on that note about looking for goodness after putting in some key elements about prayer, getting over your fears, having this personal walk with God. Do you have mm-hmm. any closing thought on finding the good or being the good? In- I actually do. And it's it's right it's right what came into my mind as you were speaking the last bit of things. So I like, I see I forget some of the things that I said in there, but be the good. That sounds like a, a good phrase. I like that. So, it reminds me of um, in the movie, be the good. You are the good. Be the yeah, queen. be the you good. The and so, oh, yeah. I'm and sorry. I I know what it is. Huh? It's from Princess Diaries or Princess Bride. No, Princess Diaries. When okay. The little dude. Have you seen those movies? <laughs> I have, but I so never related. I that phrase did not. Yeah, but the little dude that's like helping her get ready, he's he's like, be the crown. You are the crown. <laughs> that's what it reminds oh, me of. Oh, yeah, yeah, be yeah. The good. Be the good. good. Be the crown. You are the crown. Wear the crown. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, I do love those movies. I haven't seen them in a while. <laughs> sorry. Um, well, it's interesting. So there's a couple of things, and it definitely does relate to the be the good. And you were also talking about, um, I, I like what you said, if I understood it the way that you said it, because actually I had this thought this morning for different reasons that came through my mind. I'm, I'm wearing this God-fitted shirts and things like that. And so my thoughts are, and people will have different opinions about this, and that's okay because we all have our own opinions and our convictions and God calls us in different ways and things mm-hmm. like that. My personal thing is I want to be the good. I want to shine light. I want to be positive, but in also trying to be as real as po- I mean, I want to be as real as possible too. So I understand there's negativity in the world and we have to address that and there are negative things that happen, but we have to revert back to love and we have to get there at some point when when we muddle through things. The quote that came into my mind was speak the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words from St. Francis of Assisi, which is a funny thing to say as we have used a ton of words here today. <laughs> but um but I I don't have the feeling of ever wanting to press my beliefs or religion or spirituality on other people. I want to live that for me. I want to be the good, you know, for me and to impact other people. But I wouldn't ever if people have different beliefs beliefs than me or something like that. I don't want to crucify them or criticize them or mm-hmm. anything. We can still be friends. We can still talk. We can still have a respectful relationship. That's their life. That's their convictions. That's their thing. So I do hope that I speak the gospel through my actions and things like that. And um, and that's just my my personal thing that I, um, that's what I want to shine. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, I don't want to just press upon people. If they admire what I do and they eventually choose in their life to follow that I want it to be their choice so I don't want it to be me pressing that against them I guess is what and, and that may not be the the best way to handle it that's just my personal in this phase of life because that's another important thing I can have certain beliefs and opinions and things like that I've mm-hmm. had it throughout my entire life and then something an experience or something will happen in my life will teach me will shift me and then I you know so that's the, the other thing too like I've published this book but come down the road things may happen and I say that that thing that I put in my book there is is a shift and it's the same thing in the way I conduct my life yes um yeah that's really good I really I love the heart of the message from your entire book and what we've talked about we have covered a lot of words because it is the ABCs <laughs> lots of yes. topics to my listeners I hope that this is relatable to you and encouraging to your heart because that's kind of what the Well for Goodness Sake podcast is all about uh-huh. I love the fact that Jenny's book is also speaking about that personal connection with Christ and putting on the armor for yourself and figuring out what that looks like for you, finding your space, what God's calling for you, where you're supposed to be, and then figuring out what it looks like for you. So I really appreciate you being back here today. Yay! (laughs) It's fun. Two hours now. It's crazy. Oh, 
wow. I'll have to save and edit <laughs> it was all a good the chat. things. It was a great chat. So I yeah. really appreciate you coming back. I love you. I love I love your heart and I love what your testimony is. It's been very exciting to read and understand more about that one little part of who you are. <laughs> so mm-hmm. thank you for your heart. Thank you for being bold and putting that book out there. I will call you back and harass you on another day about publishing. <laughs> Okay. But thank you for being here today on the podcast and taking your time to just speak to others and share some of that love with other people. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it too. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much, Jenny. And this is a wrap for today. Yay. (laughs) We love you. We love you listeners. And we pray that God will bless you through the chat today. When I used to podcast, can I end with my little podcast thing I used to do? I think I remember it. Do it. May the adventures that lie ahead bring you joy, growth, and experiences that inspire you to be the best teacher and mom God created you to be. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Boom. And word. That should be the end right there. So we're going to take off now. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And we hope that everyone has a wonderful day. And that includes you too. Thank you, Jenny. Yes. Yes. Thanks. All right, everyone. Well, that brings us to the end of this incredible interview with guest speaker and author Jeannie Keim and her fabulous book, The ABCs of a Teacher Mom. I hope that in some way you felt connected to her just like I did. We laughed probably for the next week and a half and chatted back and forth about how much we enjoyed our conversation. And I hope to do that again very soon (laughs) here on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. It was incredible. Now I have a couple things to say. One, I'm super sick and that's why my voice sounds so awful. (laughs) Um, I cannot hear out of my right ear. I think I busted my ear but um, y'all pray for me. And then this is kind of funny because I have to make a movie correction. It's not Princess Diaries 1 or 2, like I quoted, but it is Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock. Who doesn't love her, right? How could I forget? How could I misquote her? I wasn't even sick when I recorded that podcast episode. (laughs) Um, When I said, wear the crown, be the crown, you are the crown. It is the little guy that's helping her get ready, but it's Miss Congeniality and Sandra Bullock. So hope you didn't hate on me too hard. (laughs) Also, just to make sure that we're giving credit to that source that we use, for the Hebrew word for humility. I want to make sure that you know where that came from because we did play a recording and so I want to give credit to that source. It is the Blue Letter Bible app. They are genius. There is so much in there that you can do looking up words from specific Bible verses in both Greek and Hebrew and learning a lot about the breakdown of what it means and where it comes from and all of the roots to it. It's an incredible source. So that's where that came from when we were looking for the Hebrew word. Finally, be sure to check out the show notes because I will include a link to Jenny's book as as well as that STEM cohort survey, sign up in case you're interested in taking a closer look at that or connecting with her for that. I will also include the link to the Hebrew word for humility, Anava, again from Blue Letter Bible app. I will be including main topics covered, such as identity, social media, things outside of our control, like hating laundry and wanting Amazon to do it for us, <laughs> and then relationships and prayer and marriage, seeing things eye to eye versus not when you don't and what that looks like and how you can still manage or laugh through all of that. So be sure to check out show notes. Again, I just want to mention on the RSS feed and YouTube or almost any platform that you choose to listen to this podcast from. You can listen to all of the episodes in order, but on YouTube, you can also choose playlists. You can listen to only the Well for Goodness Sake episodes in order or 66 Days Through the Bible books where we are doing a chronologically ordered study of the books of the Bible or like today's episode, which is real life chats. You can choose to listen to those separately or in order on YouTube. So check out the show notes for the links to all of the platforms, including the YouTube channel and the RSS feed for your personal preferences on listening to the podcast. Guys, thanks for listening in. I love you and it's all because of him.